really thank you guys for taking the time to share your story. I want to hear everything, if you can, and uh, what you were diagnosed with, what you may have tried before you started the pH therapy, and so on. I, I want other people to be able to, you know, listen to your story, understand that they have hope. Yes. So, in general, what uh, do you see a lot of success with uh, the cesium chloride? Yes. Uh, I should let you listen to the other podcast from the other people. <laughs> yeah, that would be good. We'd like that. Yeah. yeah. So, um, Robin's here too, but uh, I can. She can jump in. Um, Robin was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And I believe it was already a stage four. And uh, she was uh, told that she would need bone marrow transplant. And so that was arranged right up front. And this was before we had heard uh, anything about the cesium chloride or your, your protocol. And uh, she did uh, go through all the tests she had uh uh, bone biopsies and PET scans and the like. And she did take uh, the first first uh, round of, of chemotherapy. And she responded very well. And they, based on that, they actually canceled the appointment that they had for a bone marrow transplant. <clears throat> but the doctor told her, the oncologist said, you know, this is what's going to get you. He says it's a non-curable form of cancer, and uh, this is what's going to get you. So after the uh, um, chemotherapy, she, uh, you know, she was, the, the, the tumors throughout her body didn't disappear, but they were, uh, they shrunk considerably. She had one oh, probably the size of a good-sized orange in her abdomen, maybe even a little larger. And uh, everything had shrunk significantly and so forth. But, um, you know, it wasn't that long, and it, uh, it came back. And so uh, at that point, uh, they, they wanted to try something called rituxan. And once again, she responded very, very well to rituxan, and uh, and it significantly shrunk all the tumors and uh, and uh, so forth. But the oncologist cautioned that you know it responded very, very well, but that uh, it would be back, and the effectiveness of rituxan would uh, diminish over subsequent treatments. So uh, I don't know, maybe a year later, six months, I don't know. It, she needed, uh, you know, everything was coming back. So she began, uh, did a rituxan uh, protocol again, eight treatments, and uh, that uh, helped somewhat, but certainly we could already tell that it was less effective. And then time went on. Um, she went in for a third protocol. So now we're somewhere like two years into into this program. And I had read somewhere about uh, 
some someone with prostate cancer who had been given six weeks to live and took cesium chloride and lived another 20-some-odd years and died at the ripe old age of 90. <laughs> and uh, so that's when we got looking for that, and I came across your uh, um, website, and we uh, engaged and started uh, started to get your your protocol. And so we were right in the middle of our third our third uh, uh, series of rituxan treatments. And when we had begun the, that series, the oncologist said, "Okay, we're going to do eight." But after four, we're going to scan again. They're two weeks apart, the treatments. So after four, we uh, scanned again, and there was absolutely no change. Like, rituxan had no effect anymore after, on her third third round, and she's halfway through her third, and there was zero response. So the oncologist said, uh, um, well, what we want to do is uh, go back to uh, chemotherapy. And it was right at that time, right at that time that we had received your product. And so what we said to the, we convinced the oncologist, we said, listen, we had agreed to uh, eight. Um, we'd, we'd really like to stick with the eight, uh, eight. So we'd have four more. And reluctantly, he agreed. And he said, okay, yes, we did agree with that. And he says, uh, he says it, it's not going to hurt you because, um, you know, you're not going to, uh, it's not going to delay you getting onto chemo very much if we go through this, but that's, that's going to be your next step. He said, I know this doesn't work because we've seen after four treatments that there was no reduction in tumors at all. And so, uh, Right at that time, then, she began her treatment. So it wasn't just the treatment. It was a combination of rituxan and the cesium chloride, whatever um, the combination, if, if it, in fact, uh, did uh, anything or not. But at the end of the uh, eighth treatment, she went for a scan, and she was totally clear for the first time in computers. <laughs> So how how much time was that? That would have been uh, roughly the, the the treatments were two weeks apart. So I think they, uh, um, you know, we began right then, and then you know they were two weeks apart, and then I think it was two weeks after the last to do it. So you know it was in the eight to ten week period. When when did you start? How many years ago did you start the pH therapy? Um, I think it would be I was I about two two thousand and four maybe two thousand and five. Okay, and you're still alive and well, right? Yes, and and I've never been told that I'm in remission. What what did the doctor say? <laughs> oh, he didn't want to know what I was doing, but he said, "Whatever you're doing, keep doing it." <laughs> well, actually, actually the, the, when he came in there, I remember recall very. Clear. He walks into the uh, into the room, and and he tears up, and he says, "I have no explanation for this." He says, he says, and gives my wife a big hug, and he says, "I I, I don't know what to say." 
But uh, <laughs> so that's when I started to say what I was doing, and he said, uh, "Don't." He said, "Don't tell me what you're doing." <laughs> well, we had a, we had a conversation earlier, and we I, I had talked to, to him about different alternative things, and he said, uh, "He says, you know, he says I'm not allowed to, uh, you know, even." Uh, acknowledge anything he says let's let's just agree right now you do whatever you want just don't tell me about it yeah and uh and that was his thing but but it was interesting for me because very very early on i had asked the oncologist i said so what kind of things are are they studying what kind of things are on the horizon what are are you know the hopes of of therapies that they're working on and uh, and then I had asked him one time, you know, what would this look like as going forward if if nothing responds well? And he told me, he says, well, he says there there is a therapy out there. He says he says we take a cesium chlor uh, a cesium uh, atom, and he says we attach a radioactive isotope to it. And he said because the cesium has an affinity for cancer, and he says it goes to the cancer. And it punches up there, and then uh, all these little radioactive isotopes um, radiate at the at the site. Then, and so the cesium is just the the way we get them there, and then they just kind of surround the whole thing, and it uh, emits uh, radiation. But he says the problem, of course, is is that it goes through your entire body, and not a hundred percent of it winds up at the cancer site and on its way to the cancer site it goes through your brain and it goes through all your organs emitting all this radiation so he says it's not a very good thing so when I saw your your protocol with the cesium I knew exactly what the cesium was that's to actually a vector to take it right to the the cancer site and then of course I had read a lot about the uh, pH levels and uh, you know how you have to get out of an acid environment, and so you get an alkali coating around it, or it it it, uh, it shrinks and disappears. It so, but uh, you know that was 2004, I think, and uh, a couple of years back we were actually in Belize in South America. That's where Robin's from, and uh, when we were down there, she had gone to. Uh, the, the clinic there and asked, got a total body scan and said, this is what I'm looking for. She says, I had uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and throughout my body and I'd like you so, to uh, to do a full scan because it's been years and years since she's done anything. So we just thought, you know, well, it'd be interesting to know what the state of affairs are. So uh, anyway, he wrote uh, up a report and it uh, began with I'm just thoroughly unimpressed with uh, with this at all he says we can't find anything <laughs> how old your wife <laughs> so for me the word unimpressive is one of the most beautiful words on a report <laughs> <laughs> so what how old are you now I am 65 now I was 45 when I was diagnosed wow well, yeah. you know, the, 
there's a misunderstanding, and I don't know why they they want to attach something radioactive. Maybe because they can charge for that, but it's completely unnecessary. <laughs> Every cell in the body takes up cesium chloride because cesium looks like potassium, and every cell in the body has a potassium pump. And yes, it does pass the blood-brain barrier, which is good for brain cancer because chemo doesn't normally pass the blood-brain barrier. But I have found through listening to people's stories and, and especially yours that chemo and pH therapy in certain situations work well together. And and this is why I believe that. I, I believe that, that cesium goes to every cell in the body and in the healthy cells it makes them more resistant to the chemo because it makes them healthier. So it doesn't seem like the cancer or the healthy cells take up the the chemo as much as the unhealthy cells. But the the cesium helps the healthy again helps the healthy cells be more resistant. It makes the chemo, uh, the cancer cells less resistant to the chemo. So the the two work synergistically together in certain cases and and you know making large tumors reduce in size is is good when you use chemo because a lot of times when you do the pH therapy with large tumors there's a lot of inflammation on fluids and makes the tumor look like it's growing and and causes a lot of problems where large tumors are easier to deal with once they're shrunk and you know I I find that the again the combination of the pH therapy and the chemo work well together and you're a perfect example of that. Yeah. Well, I, this uh, tumor <laughs> certainly shrunk very quickly in that first go around of chemo because I remember going in after my third chemo um, um, treatment and the doctor asking me how I was feeling. And I said, well, I said, if I didn't know any better, I would think I was about eight months pregnant. And he said, what do you mean? I said, I feel so much movement. I said, it's like I'm being kicked and moved. Everything's moving. <laughs> and he said, we need to do a scan again. <laughs> so they scanned, and when I went in for the results of it, he said he was just beaming. He said, well, because my tumor actually filled my entire abdomen and was in up under my diaphragm. And um, so <laughs> he said... <clears throat> He said, what you're feeling, he said, is the tumor is shrinking so quickly and all of your organs were pushed over into the right side of your body. And he said, they're actually flying back into place. And he said, you can literally feel them going back into place. So that was a pretty exciting time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I bet you the doctor was shocked. Oh, I think so. Oh, I think he was he was absolutely um, intrigued with what with what had happened because you know he had never read anything like that in the literature. He was saying he says we you know this nothing like this ever happens. But you know I I thought maybe at some point he would say you know what I can't talk to uh, you about this when I'm in a, a white. Uh, coat, but he said uh, that, you know, I would have thought that he'd have said, you know, we should meet for coffee sometime and get off of the, you know, hospital grounds and he can get out of his costume and uh, find out, but he never did. Well, you have to understand uh, if they know about something, 
they're going to feel guilty about not sharing it with their patients. So if they don't know anything, then they have to have a guilty conscience for not sharing it with their patients. But just think of the money you guys spent on the chemo and that or your insurance company did and how much you spent for the pH therapy. Well, you know, it's a money thing with the doctors. It it would just cut their income tremendously. Absolutely. Like, uh, um, the chemo, the chemo, the eight chemos were, uh, $5,000 a piece. Plus the, uh, every time you, uh, you scanned here. The, our scans were like seven thousand dollars. Holy shit! Yeah, and uh, they uh, I, every time that this came back, it was like a hundred grand. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm glad your wife is cancer free, and I'm glad oh. she had to go through what she had to go through to get that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because yeah. Well, if, you know I. If you didn't, Sorry, you wouldn't be cancer-free. No, that's right. And I wouldn't be here. Right. <laughs> you would have been gone by the age of 46. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It's 20 so years ago. I know. Yeah. I know. And I'm healthier now than I've ever been as well, far as that. You, you usually, hopefully, take away from uh, being uh, sick with cancer and you get over it. You, you kind of... Uh, Watch your health a lot closer at that point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I will remember, I do remember that one of the first things, I mean, growing up in Central America, I was, you know, we, we didn't have a lot of chemicals in our food and stuff. And, of course, getting up, living in the States now, you know, there, you're, I was aware of a lot of these sort of things. However, <clears throat> when I got sick, I remember asking my doctor, um, like, what, what should I do nutrition-wise? I said, because I want to make sure that I am just hitting this from every angle, you know? And I said, I want to, I want to be sure to eat the right things and everything. And he said, well, really? He said, I'm kind of at a loss for that. He said, we take about two hours of, two hours of that in, in medical training. He said, so he said, well, I always tell people, he said, that are on chemo, you know, just eat whatever you want. If, if you don't get sick huh. eating ice cream, that's what you want to eat, just ice cream. Uh, and I'm thinking, you have got to be kidding me, you know? <laughs> but Gary, thank God for Gary, he did a tremendous amount of research, which was wonderful because, you know, when you're not well, you don't even want to look at anything. Like, he, <laughs> he's the one that brought all these different things to me and said, I think we should try this. I think we should do this, you know. And I was all for it. <laughs> That's great. That's great. So I guess you're all for pH therapy then, right? Oh, absolutely. It's just, I mean, I was just, you know, very, very focused when I was on your protocol because I just, you know, I just watched that pH balance, you know, two, three times a day, just making sure I stayed in the, in the zone. That's great. Yeah. So let me ask you a question. Does it make sense, or do you, uh, or do you think it makes sense for somebody who, say, our age doesn't really have cancer to once a year or periodically just take it as a uh, preventative? Prevent. Absolutely. I've been taking it for twenty-two years. Really. Yes. 
22 so years. What does it take it at, as a... As, as a preventative. As, yeah. It's in my system. I, I'll do like six to eight months, uh, a, a teaspoon a day, five days a week, two days off, weekends off. Um, I uh, Cesium is an accumulative mineral, so it stays in your body quite a long time. So the half-life, in other words, if you took it six months and built your body up to where it had a certain amount, you, if you stopped at that point in 100 to 110 days from that point on, not taking it, you would only lose 50% of the retained cesium in your cells. So it has a half-life of 100 to 110 days in your body. So it's not completely out. And so before it gets to that point, I start the protocol again to keep it up into my system. And that, uh, listen, I, I hate to say this, but I, uh, I just eat a banana or two a day and eat foods that are rich in potassium. I don't even take potassium when I take a teaspoon of cesium a day. Um, and I do just fine. I've had three open heart surgeries. I, I've had all sorts of major accidents, life-threatening accidents and stuff. And I feel great, too. I, I don't even have arthritis. I'm 71 years old and been through so many surgeries, seven, seven knee surgeries. Uh, and my that was told when I was 30 years old, I have to have a total knee replacement. Well, I still have my original knee, and it's pain-free and operates just fine. So I don't know what they were seeing in my future, but it's not there. <laughs> yeah. Well, it'd be something for, you know, we're up in the mid-60s, too. It might, you know, be a good uh, thing it, for it, us. To it, it definitely won't hurt you. But in the beginning, you want to kind of watch your potassium levels until you, until you know they're stabilized. But other than that, yeah, it's great. Um, I can send you an email. Uh, well, did you get an email before from me where to purchase the cesium from? I don't know if I did because I had a, a, I think the email that you would have had would be Gary and Robin at BellSouth.net. And that's an email that I hadn't been able to access until the other day I got on with the telephone company and finally figured out how to get to my emails. And when I got it open, there were like 60,000 emails. <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten rid of them, but I have another email address that I would, I would love for you to put, um, you know, to have for me because that's when I access all the time. So, what's your email address? 